Welcome to episode 11 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and things uh, happening in pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. Okay, and we're really happy to be here. Um, so Over this, the moon. Oh, <laughs> it's always something. That always. See, and I know why, because right before we came down here, I saw you just house that five-hour energy. I had to get myself all worked up. It's, uh, it's 9.30 still early. in the morning. What has tuckered you out already? It's going to bed late. That's what it is. And then having to get up early at 9.30, it's not even the double digits yet. Well, that is up. true. Yeah. There's a real thing with the double digits I'm on, with you. I'm on it comes we- up a lot. I'm on West Coast time. That's what it is. I don't, you know what it I is? don't think that's true, but okay. I have to add to my level of excitement because... If you, I don't know if you know this, Michelle, mm. but in two months, the entire world is going to be given the privilege to watch AJ Styles take on Shinsuke Nakamura at WrestleMania. Oh. And it's going to be a Chica. new match okay. that even the fans All of right. New Japan Pro Wrestling okay. would have dreamed about no. ten, seven years I'm gonna ago. I'm going to have to talk to someone about this. <laughs> I don't think this relationship between us is going to work out. <laughs> 9.30 a.m. you're thinking about wrestling. Wrestling and five-hour energy. You're running on just like a different track it's than like the rest a, of us. It's almost like it's a stereotype, really. Five-hour energy drink, wrestling. Ah, you know go, it's not real. I'm going right? to like you know, Tell me you just know that. Of course I know that. Mm. Now I'm going to go, well, if you'll excuse me, I have to go put my Ed Hardy shirt back on before <laughs> I go. You know I used to have a pair of Ed Hardy sneakers? Really? They had rattlesnakes on them, and I thought they were really great. I'm ashamed now. Let's actually not talk about that anymore. Um, what I do want to talk about what I thought was going to be just like just oozing out of you today is the new uh, Han Solo movie trailer. Oh, how do you feel about that? I was definitely a fan yeah. of the Han Solo trailer. I was at, not at all hyped about that movie, not even a little bit, because I've been hearing a lot of behind the scenes production value um, problems. Like they fired the first two directors and then two of them. Yeah, Lord Ouch. Miller, the guys behind um, like the Lego Batman and Twenty One Jump Street, okay. they were originally hired. Apparently, the movie they made was awful, so they got fired, and then they hired Ron Howard to come in and reshoot 50% of the movie, and that's what's coming out now. Wow. So there's some trouble, but it looks like it's going to be great. At I least mean, it's definitely a tough character. Like, Harrison Ford is, you know, I was watching this new little fella, and I was like, mm, are you Harrison Fordy enough for oh, me? Oh, he's definitely not. I don't know if it's still a good idea. I think if they show more of um, Donald Glover as yeah, Lando looked, Calrissian, that's what he they looked awesome. Do they have fake teeth in him? I don't know. I felt like his teeth looked really big, and I couldn't tell if they were prosthetic. I don't know. I don't think he does. It might mm. be they just made the mustache in a way to make his teeth pop. It's, you know what? I couldn't get my <laughs> eyes off the coats. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can style. What, what mustache just makes teeth pop? That's a thing? Yeah. Is that why men grow it? They're like, I'd like the ladies to think I got big teeth. Well, what other reason... Would there be to have a mustache hey. in 2018? Hey, I you're talking to a girl. I'm a fan of the mustache, beard. No, no, no. Beard, mustache are different animals. Oh, I yeah, but I like mustache. Reminds me of of Mr. Hathaway in high school. Big fan. I was I, a big whew. fan of Mr. Hathaway. That is a story for another that day. That is inside baseball right there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so okay, yeah, Han Solo movie. That looks that looks good. Looks awesome. I mean, I'm gonna see it. Um, and now, granted, so this show, obviously, we record it before it airs so for us it's still we're still fresh off the super bowl which we don't have to talk about because i don't care but we do have to talk about justin timberlake (laughs) what do we i mean (laughs) what a mm. so i love justin deeply truly all of the things he's 
you know, one of the best concerts I've ever seen. He really puts on a fantastic show. He can sing. He can dance. Why was that performance so boring and oh, terrible? It was awful. Like, how do you start? How do you kick off your Super Bowl halftime show with three ballads in a row? And he, then we're just listening to the tape. We're not even listening yeah, to you singing. Yeah, he, like, never sang. Like, it was all oh. backup singers. And then he'd be like, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, man. He's so good live. Like, he is someone who can dance really aggressively and sing. I've seen it happen. Yeah, everybody Why has. Why didn't he do it? You got 12 minutes, man. Go up there and just go crazy. Or just do fewer songs, but do them longer. I hate the, like, seven seconds of a song. It's so stupid. Yeah, and then, you know, it's not good when the best parts of your performance are people making fun of you for doing... The Prince thing that Prince would not I don't understand why that got made fun of. Prince would have been fine with it. It was a clip from Purple Rain. Clips he, from Purple Rain are played all the time all over. Well, actually, Prince wouldn't be okay with it because he specifically said don't do that because he thought it was he awful. He said no holograms after mm. they did that creepy Tupac hologram, which is horrifying the because the it's like a dead person standing there. But this was just like, a it dead, was just a clip. A dead person standing there. Okay, so you're never gonna like watch Purple Rain. You'd never go to a theater to see it. It was literally well, Prince on a screen playing something that he approved of. That, I don't understand that's, why that's, well, that's a big diff- deal. Well, the big deal. It's different because it's one of those. You know, he would have been against the idea of just cashing in on his name and personality. He, they wouldn't have done it anywhere except Minneapolis. Which yeah, I know. Well, obviously. So I don't know. Yeah, well, and the then show the, was the, terrible the, in its own right. Yeah. So we don't need to bring Prince into it. And it then was meme just kid, little meme kid, the one that was looking checking his phone. While oh yeah, Justin's but I right see, I don't him. like that because it's just some like kid trying to exist, and now everyone on the internet has to make fun of him. Like he's like twelve, just leave him alone. Just he, he was trying to like take a video or a picture. It's fine. You're fine, meme kid. <laughs> I'm not going to support this. Um, okay, so now into our main His topic bo- for the day. We're just not going to talk about Justin Timberlake's Bob Ross-inspired shirt that he was wearing with the horse. Oh, I can't. I've <laughs> I've had to repress those memories. I had to, I've repressed <laughs> that he was wearing a, a camo suit. Yeah. Like, you know that was an expensive suit purposely made to be hideous. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at it like, ooh, what happened here, Justin? What are you doing? Yeah, I just, I, I have a lot of questions but I'm going to save it. I listened to the album one time. It was terrible, but I'm going to try again because it's Justin, and that, you deserve it, but decide, oof, you walk in a fine line. Decide for yourself by picking it up at your local library. It's See. going. It's available, so come on down. Check it out. There it is. Plug one. <laughs> All right, so what I really want to talk about is you were aggressively pushing me to go see Itania. I did. You used a little bit of force, and I did it. And I'm so glad. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it is good. So um, so the first thing I'll say is to anyone who doesn't know about it or just hasn't seen it, it is being described as the good fellas of figure skating. It's an apt description the way <laughs> it it's really shot. Is. So it is based on true events. Um, it is the darkly comedic tale of American figure skater Tanya Harding. <laughs> who any of us 90s kids, I think, knows very well. Yes. Um, and about one of the most sensational scandals in sports history. So the movie kind of focuses on, although Harding was very impressive because she was the first American woman to complete a triple axel in competition, her legacy is forever defined by her association with the worst <laughs> executed and ill-conceived attack on fellow Olympian um, Nancy Kerrigan. You watch it when you when that scene comes up. You are just watching it in awe. Like this cannot possibly be what really happened. Yeah, and I practically it's have exactly, my hands over my eyes. Yeah. Like oh, this is so terrible. Like how can you guys be so terrible 
at this. It's just, it boggles the mind, really. But yeah. 100% true story. I mean, yeah, and it was, I liked the way that they kind of started that with like all of these unbelievable, terrible, contradictory um, interviews are all true. So it's a lot of interviews with people that were involved in the incident. Um, Margot Robbie plays Tanya Harding, and she was great. Definitely her best role since Wolf of Wall Street. Never really thought much of Margot Robbie's uh, acting ability, but she really, she was impressive in this one. Yeah, definitely, definitely bought her. A raw performance. Mm-hmm. Allison Janney was just amazing. Allison Janney is Lavana, um, Tanya's mother, who is now, I think, favorited in the Supporting oh, actress, she, yeah, she's, right? like, she's like a lock right now, I think. Yeah, she's. I think she's earned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. Well, she's won all the Emmys for how many years? That's every year she wins. She always one. has a really committed performance, and in this one, it is bluntly hilarious in its vulgarity. Yeah, when you're, because it is very vulgar. When you're able to be both hilarious and just like awful at the same time, and people still want to see more of you in a movie, that is a hard combination of things to do, and she pulls it off wonderfully, so. Yeah, I think it was um, under the direction of Craig Galipsy, who did Lars and the Real Girl. Did you no. see that movie? I saw it a while ago, but oh, I loved movie. that movie. Wow, it's really, he hasn't done one since then? That's a, it seems like a while ago. I'm just saying I know him from Oh, that. okay. I, he's probably done other things, but <laughs> I just, Jacob, I can't know everything. I know the look of me is that I do, but I don't. Um, but yeah, Lars and the Real Girl, just please, please come to the library and check that out. I love that movie. But he got really um, fiery performances from everyone, even the actors that I didn't know yeah. um, were really wonderful. Sebastian Stan as, uh, is Jeff Galuli, is that the husband name? Yeah, I don't, I just don't know him. Well, he's a Winter Soldier from the Avengers movies. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, because my Which, stepdaughter was like, is that Sebastian Stan? I'm like, oh. Yeah, when I saw that, I was I didn't even recognize him until the end of the movie and I saw his name. I'm like, the, that was the Winter Soldier? That is a crazy different look than what he has in all of those movies. But oh, okay. He's Maybe an, I'll he, have to look at that in a trailer and not in real life because I don't want to watch that. Well, you're going to have to. It's going to be everywhere the coming this coming summer. It's all you're going to see is Avengers stuff. So Great. Um, okay, yeah, go, so, yeah, go check out I, Tanya. Yeah, it's still in theaters, but I'm also pretty sure it's on order at the library, so you can put a hold in and be the first one to get it when it comes in. So because it was deemed the god or good fellas of figure skating, um, let's talk about some, some gangster films like Goodfellas. I like where your head's at there. Right? So first off, Goodfellas, I mean... Of course. I mean, that has to be... Martin Scorsese is undoubtedly the master of the the gangster movie. I yeah, I think that's pretty pretty well established at this point. It's the majority. He's got that. He's got The Departed. You know, a couple. Oh yeah, we have to talk about that one too. I love that movie. But so this was that's adapted from a book, right? Yes, of real life mobster Henry Hill. Oh yeah, that's a true story. Another one. Yeah, and it chronicles the arc of a life of crime through there is just vivid detail and like the best all-star cast in that film especially for like a movie made in the 1990s um it i mean it really holds up yeah a quarter of a century later is great the fact that that movie did not win best picture is another one of those examples when the academy gets the best picture um choice wrong because goodfellas has lasted well beyond the lifespan it should have so yeah People just, people just kind of assume nowadays that it was a Best Picture winner, and it wasn't. Like yeah, you think those, it would be. It's kind of like Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction that way. It's like, nope, didn't win. Yeah. Nominated, didn't win. Boom. <laughs> um, probably Actually, is that – I'm getting them so confused because now I'm thinking of Casino. No, no, no. So Goodfellas is the one with um, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro, right? Well, they're both with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. Darn it. 
Which yeah. one has Ray Liotta? That's, that's good. That's Goodfellas. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Ray, Li- Ray Liotta is a star of Goodfellas. So okay, see, they're all they're all kind of mel- melded in. But do you think we can play the best clip from the movie? We could. Let's see we if could we try. can. Try. <laughs> we could probably play like four seconds head, before head, Joe. Heads Pesci up, swears. everyone! There might be a lot of beeps in this. Yeah, hold on a sec. I wish I was big just once. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? Right. Funny how? What? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, so? well, let me understand this, because I, you know, maybe it's my maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. I make you laugh. I amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? <laughs> well, we, we did it. We got it in there. So it's like the best scene. Joe Pesci is so scary. He's the scariest little man. And Ray Liotta, like that scene is great because you feel his tension where he's like, wait, what? Yeah, happening? he's like, you're my buddy, man. Why are you, why so are you if, freaking out on me? If there's a way you haven't seen it, obviously go see Goodfellas. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get, get it, it going. All right, Jacob. All right. Next one I'm going to go with is uh, American Gangster. Ridley Scott movie starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Oh, interesting. I heard that wasn't good. Uh, it is actually pretty good. It's a Ridley Scott movie, so, you know, it's it can be a little slow, but if you um, get into it, it's a true story of okay. uh, Frank Lucas, who was one of the guys who was uh, instrumental in getting the heroin boom in Harlem during the Vietnam War. Okay. Used to uh, bring, the Vietnam, bring the heroin over to America from Vietnam uh, in the caskets of dead soldiers. During the war, it's a true story, by the way. Oh, um, and then Russell Crowe plays the um, the police officer slash lawyer who is the one that catches him eventually and brings him down. So it's actually good. Yeah, I always it, have avoided it. It's an underrated uh, gangster movie, and it gives a different view of you know you know black gangsters. It even brings up the fact that as a black gangster, everybody kind of looks down on him. Like the mafia, the Italian mafia doesn't like having him around. Everybody's kind of give him lip service but they don't really give denzel the respect that he deserves in the movie it's okay. actually pretty good um, so he's got to smash some heads oh yeah he's got to get that respect there, there is for sure to, some way to do it this is training day denzel so you know you're getting some good stuff out okay. of that one so so do we is it necessary for us to mention obviously godfather one and two yeah, i got it in my book section but oh yeah the godfather is actually i read that book it's a good Very book. good book. I mean, that's what the film is based on. I'd say it's probably widely By, uh, regarded as the greatest film of all time. Yeah, it's it's better than I remember it being. I remember not liking it when I was a kid. Watched it as an adult. It was a very enjoyable movie. I mean, I'm not. I am not a big fan of Francis Ford Coppola, but this is definitely his masterwork, and it will probably always be vital to the the genre, especially because he was only I think 30 at the time. Yeah, he was. But young. you know, he could tell that Mario Puzo's uh, source material was definitely. You know, ripe enough with complicated family relationships, um, which is, although it's a gangster film, I think that's almost the main part. Yeah. So, you know, if you haven't somehow seen or read The Godfather, come pick up, pick up both. It's a good companion piece. Yeah. And I think it's kind of a hot button issue about which is better, one or two, because two is the one that won 
um, I think best Oscar for best picture, best actor, and best mm-hmm. adapted screenplay. Uh, what are your feelings? Which one do you prefer? I prefer the first one. I feel yeah. like it's got a better, a more consistent story. The mm-hmm. second one, yeah, I like the jumping around, but the Michael stuff isn't as interesting as the Robert De Niro uh, Vito stuff. The so. Robert De Niro stuff is great. He's also the first actor to win while performing in a language other than English to win the best actor. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that little fact. Yeah. But yeah, so. he's, he's um, great in it. It's, you know, I would say definitely the first one. What do you think? First or second? I haven't seen them both, (laughs) not the third. (laughs) I haven't seen them in a long time, but what I remember is that I preferred the second one. But it's always hard because the first one, you know, kind of, kind of sets it all up. You know, I asked my my dad once of like, you know, the four main Led Zeppelin albums, like one through four, like, oh, I think like two is the best or sometimes three. And he's always like, no, one is the best because it was the first one. It was the one that like set the bar. So I, you know, I kind of agree with that. So that maybe, you know, the first Godfather set the bar. Yeah, Yeah, it's, you know, high bar to get with, so. Yeah. Not easy being the best movie of all time, so. Yeah. All right, we got got it. We did it. All right, next, I'm going to go with Infernal Affairs. You ever see that one? It is the series that was basically the basis for The Departed. Yes. Martin Scorsese took that idea and ran with it. It's about, um. That was a Hong Kong movie, right? Yeah, Hong Kong movie um, set in Hong Kong about you know, we've all seen The Departed, so you basically get the basic, the regular idea of a story. But we it's, uh, haven't all seen it, Jacob. Oh, Some people don't picture. know that it is the most beautiful that Leonardo DiCaprio ever is. Is how he looks in that movie. His brooding. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Um, but Infernal Affairs is actually three movies. It's a trilogy, um, so that's why they get a whole bunch of story. Um, the two, um, parallel lives of the one guy who's the cop versus the other guy who is coming up in the crime family, um, how there's overlap between the two of them, how their actions of one is influencing the other. Um, Departed is good. I kind of feel like, for the idea, Infernal Affairs is a little bit better. So, really? Yeah. As long as you don't mind reading subtitles, which you shouldn't be because it's no. 2018. And I don't. I, I, me re- me reading read is fun- good. Reading is fundamental, people. Me, SMRT. <laughs> you know it. SMRT. But I really do love The Departed. I think it's a really good remake, you know, that Scorsese kind of traded the Eastern influence for the nice Boston yeah. base. You get that <laughs> great accent. Yeah. Go down to the car. Plus, I mean, everyone's really great. Like, you have powerhouses with Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I'd have to watch them kind of back to back and see, you know, the differences. When I I didn't see Infernal Affairs, and when I first saw The Departed, I definitely felt like it felt new and kind of unexpected, which is nice for that genre. It's also interesting if you see both the some of the scenes that overlap, like the the iconic rooftop scene that's in both of the movies. So okay, definitely, but one to check out. So go get them, people. Okay, great. So now this one, this movie, I love very much and think that everyone in the world needs to see. It's called City of God. Oh, I love that movie. Heartbreaking movie. What a rough movie that is to watch. It will shatter you. But it takes place in the poverty-stricken streets of Rio de Janeiro in the 1970s, um, which is where they actually filmed it. They filmed it in an area that is, like, almost too dangerous for, like, photojournalists and stuff in real life to go. Really? People are afraid to go there, but that is where they actually filmed the movie. And it's just kind of about two young men who choose different paths. Like, one is a, a budding photographer who documents the increasing drug-related violence in his neighborhood, and then the other character is an ambitious drug dealer. And he kind of uses his friend's photos as a way to increase his fame, which really turns into a, tur- a turf war. And the whole film, it is breathtaking. 
and it is terrifying and has um, it has been compared with Goodfellas as like an English language I think it's film. A, it's a little rougher movie than Goodfellas. Like it's a scarier area that Rio de Janeiro. Well, stuff. I think it's rougher because in Goodfellas. You know, you have a narrator who says, like, for as long as he can remember, he always wanted to be a gangster, whereas in City of God, the narrator literally had no choice, mm. you know? So I feel like it, it's just higher stakes in that film. But definitely check it out. It's as depressing and, and violent as it is. It's also stunningly beautiful to look at. So, All right. Yeah. Go check it out. I'm going to actually go with a pair of... Uh, One's there for Cronenberg. I'm going to say... Yeah, I saw these coming. Yeah, I'm going to go with Eastern Promises and History of Violence. Yeah. Two very different... And History of Violence also has a uh, graphic novel series, so you can go pick up that one I didn't well. love the movie History of Violence. I don't hate it. It's not I as good as Eastern it. Promises, but it's very well acted on both. Vigo, if you got Viggo Mortensen, you know, <sighs> you know you're going to have some good acting going on there. All right. There's good acting, and then can we just jump ahead and talk about... I know what you're going to talk about. Can we please talk about the scene <laughs> in the, Eastern the, Promises? The, the infamous bathhouse scene. Vigo and is for anyone... I mean, yeah, it's a good movie. It's good acting. Ru- it's Russian good mafia stuff. Yeah, yada, yada, yada. Russian mafia, tattoos, violence. But... but. But <laughs> there is a bathhouse scene where Vigo gets in a fight and he <laughs> is super duper naked. Like, and it is an intense scene. I've never seen like a naked fight scene. And f- since then, I've actually like read about them and how that's like a really big thing because, you're, you know, you're, you're so exposed and it adds a whole new element. I feel like Stephen King did this whole yeah. thing in one of his books, like about naked fight scenes as a guy i was very uncomfortable watching that scene i'm like oh that looks like a horrible scenario to be in having to get like attacked by mobsters naked I in a bathhouse i minded oh, boy. it less but i mean it's aragon well, you, you from probably, lord of the rings you like, enjoyed it for it. different reasons you're like this is interesting it's just really well shot like cronenberg he he definitely like nailed that scene where oh. it, i feel like things could have went terribly wrong but it's still um but yeah, really like well shot. History of violence uh, about American mafia, Eastern promises, Russian mafia. You get a whole mafia idea from both of them. So you get them all around the world. So go yeah. check those two out. Came we, up in your local library. We appreciate all the mafias. <laughs> Anywhere you're coming from. We're not, we're not being picky. We're going all around. Okay, so so another one that people might not know about. Did you ever see the movie A Prophet? No, never okay, seen that. Okay, so one. that's a French gangster film, and it's about this the character um, Malik. He's condemned to six years in prison, and uh, he's part Arab and part Corsican, and he can't write and he can't read. And he so when he arrives at the jail alone, he appears like way younger than he even is, um, and more fragile. Even though I mean he is only nineteen, but he ends up being cornered by the leader of this gang, um, and given missions that he has to carry out like while he's in the prison and he kind of like rises up in the prison ranks and then comes up with his own plans. It, it's not like the best film of all time, but it is 100% worth seeing. It won, I think the grand prize at the Cannes Film Festival in 2009. Mm. So yeah, it leaves you full of thought that maybe the world we make is not necessarily safe but neither are those who we leave alone in the world to fight for their survival. Like, I don't know. He's just a really intense character. You, you kind of have to see it, and All then right. we can talk yeah, about yeah, it. Have to more. go check that one out. Never yeah. heard of it before, so. Oh yeah, You'll, you're gonna like it. I like. I like. Where our heads are in sync there, so I'm trusting that 100. percent You should trust me 100. <laughs> percent All right. Next, I am going to go with a TV sheer, series. Series. I'm gonna go with a TV series <laughs> um, from Netflix, Narcos. 
Have you seen it? The Pablo Escobar drug It's movie? on my list, but I've never seen it. So it's a great show. It starts out about the Colombian uh, cartels, about how they started in the 80s, um, what influence and um, how the U.S. government added aided into it and also was working against it. Um, another completely true story. So everything that happened in the, um, the TV show actually happened. Okay. Um, it's going into its fourth season now. Um, they've managed to keep the storylines going and they don't, and they switch main characters at times too. So it's a, uh, almost an anthology, but not really because they do have characters going all through it. It's a wonderfully acted. The show is beautiful. Like the okay. Colombian landscape is just so I really want to go to Colombia. Oh, I, I don't I know. If to, you're, I want to go to Cartagena. I don't know if this is necessarily going to help you. you gonna go ro- <laughs> it's different Car- now. Cartagena, are you going to go romance the stone while you're down there? Since I saw Romance in the Stone, I wanted to go to Cartagena. Just watch out for kids with bolas. So, that's yes. all I can, or bolos, that's all I'm saying. We're running out of time, so i got to just yeah, do a couple more. I mean, I, uh, be, I have to mention Casino. Yep. Casino is fantastic. <clears throat> One of my favorite Robert De Niro movies. Um, takes place early 1970s Las Vegas. And De Niro's like a low-level mobster who gets tapped by his bosses to head this new casino. And at first, you know, he's really successful, but over the years, he has so many problems with Joe Pesci, of course, his character, also crazy, and then his ex-wife, played by uh, Sharon Stone. There's corrupt politicians. And this is also from a book by, I think, Nicholas Pileggi. and I don't know, you see there's a lot of push and pull, kind of the Robert De Niro character attempting to go straight and those around him that just want to, you know, utilize him to do all of their nefarious Nefarious deeds actions, and misdoings. murder and mayhem. <laughs> so you have to check that one out to say that you like gangster films. So I got a couple other movies. I'm going to skip those. You know, we have like Ishii the Killer, The Town, Heat, Miller's Crossing, you know, all that sure. kind of stuff. I th- Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, that. True Romance. You know, there's a million oh, man. different little Gamora. <laughs> Let's just keep saying titles. French yeah. Connection. Yeah. Uh, payback. Uh, Untouchables. R- Road to Perdition. There's oh, I just like mean streets. Yeah, so many to There's go see. So many. Go check them all out. Don't but you have some books. I do have some books. Okay. Uh, so I'm also gonna go with. So start out. We're gonna go with Donnie Brasco, one that was made into a movie. The true story of FBI agent Joe Pistone. I never read the book, but I did really like the movie. I have done both, and they're both very excellent. The book's okay. very in depth on what it was like. The movie's very close. So if you saw the movie, you pretty much got the idea of the book. Um, but he is the FBI agent who was actually able to uh, get right on the precipice of being added to the mafia. Like, they were just about to make him an official member when uh, he gets pulled out because, you know, the FBI was getting a little nervous about how successful his mission was. Yeah, um, and he was really, like, he cared for the mobster that kind of took him under his wing, Lefty, there. Yeah, and, yeah, they'd bring that whole story in, how that all worked. He, he knew that if he came out and was like, I'm FBI, that Lefty was going to die and felt that, you know, that would practically be yeah. like him killing him himself. So you also find out the inner workings of the mafia, how, like, what kind of guys they are. It's not exactly the uh, the TV way that they make it seem glorious. It's not really what it is at all. So okay. go check that one out. Give me more. Uh, fiction book uh, by Ted Lewis, Get Carter, was made into a Michael Caine and Sylvester Did Stallone Did they make movie. every one of these books into a movie? Pretty much. They're, because they're, almost every movie we talked about was a book, too. Um, get Carter was a revenge story about a guy whose brother gets killed, and he's basically going to get answers. It's kind of the story of John Wick minus the dog. Uh, so he's basically going to wow. get answers from the mob guys, and he sets off on a path of revenge to... Avengers brother. I feel like I didn't see it. It's a little. Watch the oh, mic- you know what I'm thinking? I was thinking Get Shorty. I saw Get oh. Shorty. I didn't see Get well, Carter. Elmore Leonard books. That's a whole yeah. other area. That's a whole, that's that's a whole, whole other episode. thing. 
Um, okay. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to go with Iceman, Confessions of a Mafia Contract Killer by Philip Carlo. Also a movie. Also a movie and not a series. A, not a good movie, though. They do have the live. HBO actually did some live interviews with that guy, so you can actually like watch him being interviewed. Okay. And the real guy, and it is horrifying watching this guy just nonchalantly talk about, like, Oh, this is how we tortured this guy in a cave with rats oh, for a couple of days because yeah. he was, uh, he talked. So another one to go check out. Uh, okay, how about this one? Tokyo Vice, an American reporter on the police beat in Japan by Jake Adelstein. The only time that an Amer- a foreign reporter has been allowed into the mafia or the mob part of the Japanese uh, police department. So they got an in-depth look at what it's like with the Yakuza over there, mm. what it's like to deal with them. Um, all the ways that they're dangerous. That's in a dangerous mob group Do you that know people that forget about. No one in Japan really has tattoos except the Yakuza. So when yep. I lived there, um, I felt like I was really part of the group. I really felt like I could pass for Yakuza. You always had to show them, like, I have I all my fingers. I was always just wearing short sleeve. I was like, still have my fingers, but... And I'm not missing any knuckles. <laughs> right. Let's give us, give us one more. And one more. And because this is Buffalo, and Buffalo actually has a surprisingly deep uh, mafia history throughout time. What? Yeah. Like, back in the, the old days, like the early 1920s and stuff, like during Prohibition, Buffalo was a major part of the whole mafia mafia families back then with uh guys like stefano magadino he's in a lot of old history books on the mafia so you gotta do something when when you're this cold and there's nothing to do outside you start plotting inside it's not good (laughs) we're all right there everybody's just brooding indoors (laughs) so go pick up uh gangsters and organized crime in buffalo history hits and headquarters by michael rizzo and that'll cover the entire local history of the mafia and how it's still kind of going up today i'm gonna i'm gonna add that to my list yeah definitely wanted to go check out find out where all the good places for uh mafia action are in the city well that's me i mean i know that's that's what i'm I'm usually looking for granted last night um you'll probably love this but i went to see the wait the musical waitress we all musicals. Know that your heart there beats beats for musicals. Waitress was adorable. I just want to I say. can't believe they made that into a musical. That it's a really <laughs> cute movie though, but the musical is seriously wonderful. I think I smiled the whole time and I had like my chin resting on my hand, just like posed in in an absolute I, bliss. I, but I love I love that image. That's so adorable. <laughs> that's right there. All right, so that is our show. We're gonna do it. We're gonna wrap it up. Well, so I could tell that you weren't you know really appreciating my library jokes enough. So for you, Jacob, I wanted to get really topical. And since we talked about I, Tanya, I have a question for you. What's that? What is... <laughs> sorry. What, what? Is, what is Tanya Harding's favorite book? What, what is it? Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, I give it one more. This is a serious one. Why shouldn't you tell jokes while ice skating? Why? Because the ice might crack up. <laughs> yeah! See, I think we need to do more Tanya Harding jokes. Now. See, <laughs> those ones are landing right there. Tanya forever. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.